tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable. I wish you could see what I'm seeing right now. I'm sitting in my dining room, slash living room, slash kitchen, it's all one big area. And one wall is floor-to-ceiling doors that open onto a balcony. So I think I told you before that from my balcony, I have panoramic views of the city of Johannesburg. Can you hear the thunder in the background? It's like it's on cue. It's not dark outside. We're having a full-fledged thunderstorm with torrential downpours, tons of thunder, and flashes of lightning. The whole sky just flashes white, and then you can see sometimes lightning bolts. All this is occurring with the sun up. Like, I tried to hold the podcast as long as I could to wait the storm out so you wouldn't hear the rumbling of thunder in the background. In order to get it in on time, I have to record now. Also, I was trying to hold it because I read that Trump was supposed to be arrested today. I was so excited about the idea of Trump getting arrested, specifically on Tuesday. I was like, oh, the time has come, finally. After all the attempts to actually get him on something, they got him on something. I didn't even bother to read what it was. And then I'm doing other stuff, and I'm holding the pod as much to see what happens with Trump, and then also because of the storm. And I was like, you know what, let me look this up before I talk about it, so I can at least have some information and intelligence to go along with my giddiness. You know, Trump is the one that started the rumor about him being arrested because I Googled it looking for news stories and like weird outlets were coming up. There was no New York Times or Washington Post, L.A. Times, Time Magazine, Newsweek, like CNN, MSNBC, any of the quote unquote credible sites, even Fox. And I was like, wait, the former president of the United States is about to get arrested and none of the major U.S. news outlets are reporting it. And I was like, wait, is this not verified? No, your boy got on, what's that social media site that he started where all the nut jobs who follow him, they went over to their own space after Trump got kicked off Twitter. True Social, he got on True Social and he posted, I'm going to be arrested in New York on Tuesday. I was like, wait, what? The idea of him posting this was he wanted his base to get all riled up and he wanted people to take it to the streets, protest, probably donate because he seems to be low on funds. That was the whole idea behind him posting it. But as of right now, it's still early on the East Coast. It's, it's, it's just afternoon in New York. But no one else is talking about this arrest. I looked to see if there were any, like, prosecutors, district attorneys, state's attorneys, somebody talking about this arrest. Like, yeah, we're going to get Trump today. Some comments, some quotes, something, nothing. I was like, is this man really out here telling people he's about to get arrested and he's not? Yes. This man used to be the leader of the free world. I mean, we knew it was bad. Because it was bad. But it's getting worse. Thank God he's not in office. But still causing chaos somehow. Because folks is waiting. I am folks, just for clarity. Are waiting on his arrest. Um, my d- 
But that's what I've done today. I finally feel settled in Johannesburg. I've been here just over a month. Folks who move around a lot and who've moved away from home will get this. You get to a new place and you're trying to figure out everything, where the mall is, where the grocery store is, where the dry cleaners are, where the the pharmacy is, like the basic things that you need. And it can be really frustrating, like trying to find things, trying to make friends, trying to get used to a new pace and rhythm and routine, trying not to stand out and look like a newbie and look lost all the time. And then one day it just kind of like clicks and everything just sort of makes sense. You know where to go. And if you don't, you know who to ask. That's what happened for me late last week. And I was like, thank God. Being here has just been a bit frustrating. It's a good time, but it's not as easy to navigate as, say, Ghana. But then when I moved to Ghana, I'd been there four times over a period of years before I moved. And I actually had friend friends who lived there. So it made it a little easier. Johannesburg was a little tougher. And one thing I also had to be mindful of doing was a lot of people had reached out and was like, hey, you're in my city. And if you ever want to get coffee, cocktail, brunch, dinner, lunch, whatever, hit me up and let me know. So a lot of people had reached out, but I was like, you know, traveling a bunch and doing my own thing. And I was like, you know what? I need to follow through. It's not like I don't have people. I'm saying I want a friend circle. but Woo. If I was in the South, my grandmother would make me turn off all my electronics and sit in the dark. Not even in the South with my dad's mom, but in Detroit with my mom's mom. She would have had us sitting up in the dark talking about God is speaking and we need to listen. If you saw the lightning strikes that are going on right now, there might be something to that. But no, I just realized if I want to build a circle, if I want to have a network, then people have reached out. I also have to extend as well. Literally, like I made a list of all the people that have reached out and I sent them each individual I sent an individual note to each of them and was like, hey, I'm in town until XYZ. Would love to hang out if you're available. Like, let's make it happen. Literally everyone responded. Amazing. So I had a really dope weekend. I went to my first braai, at least this trip. Braai is another word for barbecue. South Africans are known for their love of meat. They will have a fierce debate with you over, over whether their ribs are better than, say, Nashville or Texas or anywhere else. They believe in their meat. Thankfully, they also believe in sides because, you know, I don't eat anything but seafood. Went with a friend to her friend was having a birthday party and it was a really lovely home in Pretoria. If you remember my first day in Johannesburg, I had that that taxi driver, how he lived and worked in Johannesburg and his wife lived in Pretoria. And he was basically telling me how he's comfortable cheating on her because of the distance and them living apart. And the way he said it, I was like, oh, Pretoria must be like very far. You know, Pretoria is a full, a full with traffic, 30 minutes outside of Johannesburg. It was a Saturday afternoon. There was a dust up on the highway. So we had to make a detour to the local road. Even with the detour, it was still 30 minutes to Pretoria. This dude really sat in a car and told me he works 30 minutes from home. You would rather cheat on your wife and expose yourself to all sorts of drama and possible disease rather than drive home 30 minutes for your body to be serviced by your wife. If you're not familiar with the story, how he described cheating on his wife to me, he didn't just say, like, I cheat on my wife. He was asking me why I wasn't married, married. And then he told me he couldn't see himself as not married. And I was like, oh, okay, like, how long have you been married? And I don't remember the exact story, but I think he said, like, 11 or 12 years or something. They have three kids. I guess I asked him, so I guess you like being married. And he was like, well, the body needs to be serviced. 
And I was like, sir, you're trying to sell me on the idea of marriage. And the biggest plus you can find is your body needs to be serviced. Really? And it's not even being serviced by your wife. Like, I mean, when you get home, it is. But in the meantime, you out in the streets. This is what you're telling me. And then I was like, is he trying to offer me dick? Like, this is a horrible way to do it. And then telling some strange woman that you just met 10 minutes ago about you cheat on your wife. Like, ain't the taxi cab confession supposed to come from the passenger, not the driver? So we get to the bride, the barbecue. It was absolutely lovely. I ended up sitting at a table of, I guess it was nine women by the end of the night. The short version. Women get together, have some food and have some drinks. The conversation inevitably turns to dating, relationships, marriage, children. The children were present, so we didn't want to drag them too bad. A couple husbands were too, but the men were off to the side, drinking beer and grilling meat. I want to say this for all the women that think like, oh my God, the men in my city suck or the men in my country suck. I'm going to go to XYZ and I'm going to meet a man there. There is no group of women worldwide who do not complain about the state of their men. No group of women. I've lived in a bunch of different cities professionally for maybe six to 10 years. My literal job was to interview women around the United States about dating and relationships. There is no group of women, not LA, not Houston, not Dallas, not Atlanta, not Miami, not DC, not New York, not Chicago. There is no city in America where the women are like, oh, come here. Our men are great. Everyone's buying dinner and and emotionally open and communicates well. No, no, no. Now I've left the country and I didn't leave the country on a hunt for a man. I just left because I wanted to see some world. I love adventure. I love expanding myself. Like that's the whole purpose of me bopping around. But every place that I've been, when I sit with a group of women, it sounds like the exact conversations that I have with my friends in D.C., in L.A., in Atlanta, in Brooklyn. There is no deviation. And the bottom line is, what is wrong with them? And how do they expect women to put up with this shit? No one's putting up with this shit anymore. And then the married women chime in and be like, oh my God, I'm so glad I'm married. And they be like, well, you know, if something happened, like God forbid, you know, just whatever. Would you get married again? No. You want to elaborate on that, sis? No, no, that, I'm, I'm, I'm one and done for that. Like, it's fine. He's good. He's okay. But no, I wouldn't do it again, no. What? But I say that for everybody who's just like, oh my God, I'm in Atlanta and I just can't. I'm in LA. I just can't. I'm in Dallas. I just can't. These men, there's got to be something. Like, I got to move. I got to whatever. They, they the same everywhere. You could, you could change cities. You could change countries. They the same everywhere. The women in Ghana have the same complaints of the women of Kenya and Rwanda, the women of South Africa, of the women of Brooklyn, of the women of Atlanta. I'm sure if I could speak better French, the women of Paris, the women of Senegal, the women of Cote d'Ivoire would all have the same complaints. Actually, remember Nana who came on here to talk about, what was her book? Sex Lies of African Women? She actually did go around the continent. I mean, they were talking about sex, but sex and relationships kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, she actually did go all over the continent and talk to African women. At least 20 some odd countries, she got interpreters so she could understand the women speaking French and Portuguese. Same shit, different longitude, latitude. So that was Saturday. And then Sunday, I went to the Four Seasons. Because the Four Seasons brunch here is... I will be at the Four Seasons for brunch every Sunday I'm in Johannesburg. If you're not a Four Seasons bruncher, Four Seasons brunch in D.C. at the Georgetown location is $125. I thought the one in Mexico City was cheap. Mexico City's is $60. I thought I was getting a bang for my buck. And I was like, oh, $45 for brunch? I'll be here next week. Just give me a standing reservation. Thank you. Two of my favorite shows... 
one of them is a season finale. The other one is a series finale. BMF, the season finale just happened. It was okay. I don't want to give you any spoilers. I did that spoiler of <laughs> Creed, <laughs> which I thought everyone went and saw it opening weekend. And I put it in the notes review of Creed. People were like, we don't read the notes. We don't read the caption, the synopsis of what the episode is about. We just see there's a new episode and we click. And I was like, I thought we like, you know, kind of agreed that we were all going to see Creed. It got $100 million opening weekend. I thought everyone and their mom went to see Creed. I really didn't mean to spoil it. But now y'all got me scared to do any kind of review because I ain't trying to ruin a show for anybody. I take spoilers for shows because you know how seriously I take my TV. I take ruining shows very, very seriously. I felt really, really bad that I spoiled some shit for Creed. Personally, I don't think Creed is like a major drama kind of film. I don't know if we have like the same emotional investment. But apparently people are like really pissed at me. Like, I'll never listen to your podcast again. And I was like, I've blocked people for giving me spoilers of TV shows that I haven't seen. I I feel you. So now I'm like on pins and needles trying to figure out like how to talk about TV shows. Because I want to talk about some stuff that happens in the show. The mom and the way she started dressing. But I don't want to tell you why she started dressing like that. I will say this though. This doesn't necessarily apply to the finale. I guess I have to wait a bit to talk about it. And you, you know how my mind is. I like move on to something else. So we'll probably never get a proper review of BMF. But I will say this. Two episodes back. And I missed some episodes because I was traveling. My mom was here. That's why. I kept hearing people talk about Carisha had a guest appearance on BMF. She was somebody's girlfriend. Okay. People talked about how awful her acting was. Saw the episode. I like Carisha. So I'm be kind in my assessment. There's room for improvement. In fairness, though, in fairness, the acting on BMF ain't really that great. It was not like she was there struggling alone. I like Big Meech. I like the actor who plays Big Meech. He's actually the son of the character he plays. This is another one of them Ice Cube situations. He definitely brings something to the character. And I remember when the show debuted, 50 Cent talked about how Meech wanted to play his father. And he was like, you're going to have to go to acting school. It's not just as simple as, okay, like I look like the character and I know the life story. And so I could just show up and be him. You actually need to become an actor. Like This is a craft. It requires skills. You need to show up and be fully present and be able to do this role the right way. He said, cool, I'll go to acting school. This is 50 Cent's version of events. I believe that Demetrius went to acting school. He seems like a very lovely man. That scene with him and Carisha together, just them two having a conversation was painful. It wasn't just Carisha. Like everybody was like, oh, Carisha can't act. A lot of people on that show can't act. Now, some people can. The actor playing Terry, who used to be on, what was he on? He was on my show with the high school kids. All American, great actor, strong actor. The guy playing Lamar. Strong actor. Meech's parents. Both strong actors. Both been around forever and a day. The woman that played Meech's baby mama, who was also Lamar's baby mama, she's, she's also a rapper. Doesn't embarrass herself, but not the strongest actress. When people were like, oh my God, Carisha was so terrible. It's not a show of great actors. It's a show that's an amazing story that also happens to be heavily based on real life events. The real life events were crazy when they happened. We're talking about selling crack in the 80s in Detroit. Well, started in Detroit and it ended up selling crack. I believe the entire eastern seaboard. Detroit is the Midwest. So I think everything from Detroit and then headed all the way east 
was BMF's territory. I, w- I remember I went down to Atlanta. This must have been somewhere between 2007 and 2011. But I was in Atlanta and we were driving to the mall and there was this billboard for BMF. And I was like, who is BMF? And she was like, oh, they got a record label now. And I was like, now? What they used to do? And so she was like, oh, BMF is like this huge drug enterprise. Like they sell crack. And I was like, I'm sorry. Are you telling me that, that there are billboards advertising an illegal drug organization? And so she was like, that sounds crazy when you put it like that. But she was like, I mean, they're starting a record label. I was like, okay, so the record label is BMF. What's the name of the drug organization? And she was like, BMF. And I was like, so I repeat, there is a billboard for an illegal drug organization. And she was like, that's not the only one. I was like, you are not helping me make sense of this any better. But yeah, the BMF story is crazy. But everybody watches the show for the story. No one in front of the camera is getting an Emmy. You know whose name I left out. She be in everything. She can't really act either. Bless her heart. She beautiful though. She beautiful. She just as pretty as she could be. Beautiful. She can't act. I can't act. I'm not in front of the camera. And when I was, I wasn't acting. I was either professional or showing my ass. One or the other, but wasn't acting. (sighs) Oh, so I just mentioned how I didn't watch the episode with Carisha when it first came out because my mom was in town and I was tied up. Everyone and their mom, at least on my social media feeds, I'm fully aware that algorithms and locations completely affect the information that you receive. So the way my algorithms are set up, everybody was talking about how Carisha couldn't act. My algorithms, for whatever reason that I truly don't understand given the content that I post on social media, somehow no one in my timeline was talking about Big Meech and that gigantic peen. He has a sex scene in the show And when it ends, the camera does zoom in to show that he's wearing a condom. What the condom is covering is like a goddamn Coke bottle, not a can, like a liter. I was not expecting that. Now, I know stars and 50 Cent have a habit of showing peen on TV. Just to be clear, I have no objections to seeing peen. I'm not mad at it, especially not peen of that size. But I was just like, wait, I wasn't expecting it. I was happy to see it. I'd like to see more content like this. I was just very confused about either my algorithms or my friends or the lack of conversation about seeing this whole gigantic peen on TV. Now I had to do a little research because interested people act interested. I did a little research, come to find out it was a prosthetic. But then also through the rumor mill, apparently the prosthetic ain't all that different than the real thing. Allegedly, I don't think Big Meech would sue me for talking about the size of his peen, especially in a complimentary way, but I'm, I'm not trying to get sued. So I just say allegedly. I ain't trying to get Tasha K. Who? She lost her appeal. Cardi had sued her for, for talking shit, essentially. And a jury awarded Cardi somewhere around $4 million. I think, but Tasha K, she said she ain't had the money. And she appealed and she lost the appeal. So she put up a post today acknowledging that she lost the appeal, that she's exhausted the effort. She didn't say she was going to have to pay, but she is going to have to pay because every time she posts something, Cardi be like, I want my money. She still ain't blocked Cardi. Cardi can go anywhere on her platforms and post. And I was like, you ain't blocked that girl after she sued you? And after the jury said you owe her $4 million, you ain't trying to block her? I would have blocked her, even though Tasha started it. But still, but she finally 
years after this whole saga began when she was saying things about Cardi that were not true because they weren't true. I'm not going to repeat the things that she said, but they were very vile. They were things about STDs. These were things about uh, some illegal behavior she may have engaged in. But all these years later, she has finally apologized to Cardi. I'm a guess that's part of the settlement. I don't know. But she did finally apologize. Was it genuine? An apology and, and taking down the clips was all Cardi ever wanted back in the beginning. Like, I think they sent Tasha a cease and desist and was like, take the videos down. And she not only refused, but kept going harder at Cardi. Surely she didn't think it would cost her $4 million. A very expensive lesson to learn. But I thank her for the lesson. I mean, I have a journalism background, so I toe the line on a lot of things. Like most of the things that we talk about are news stories, stories that run in legitimate publications. So even if the shit is crazy, by the time I'm talking about it, it's been fact checked by the New York Times, the L.A. Times, Newsweek, CNN, MSNBC. Lawyers have gone through it. So I feel comfortable that the things I speak about on here that are based on news stories are accurate. I hear lots of gossip. People tell me shit all the time. I'm sure people tell other people shit about me all the time. I just like to have some integrity. I know sometimes my opinions are not always the sweetest and kindest, but I just don't like to go after people in a really mean and malicious way. Sometimes my truths people are offended by. Sometimes folks want me to feel things that I just don't feel and you can't make me. I'm sorry. But I don't, I don't set out to be mean and malicious. I think Tasha was trying to get some views, some clicks, some money at Cardi's expense and, and probably just never assumed that Cardi would ever see it, hear about it. And then she did. And instead of just taking the L, you know, she uh, didn't. And here we are, less $4 million later. This is decent of her. She did tell her uh, her supporters, her fans, her viewers, she did tell them, if you see a GoFundMe that somebody's trying to scam, she has not created a GoFundMe. She will not be creating a GoFundMe. I wonder how she's going to pay $4 million. That's a lot of money. Maybe not to Cardi, but for the average person, even the above average person, even if you got 10 million, you're not really trying to give up four. Hell, 100 million ain't trying to give up four. Nobody's trying to give up four million. That's the point I'm trying to make. Your Honor, over on Showtime, may or may not have come to a close. I'm not giving any spoilers away for Your Honor in case you haven't seen the finale. If you have not seen the finale with haste, I encourage you to get to the finale of season two. Season one was one of the best seasons of television I'd ever seen. It was supposed to be a limited series, but it got so much love that they decided to do a season two. And they said, fine, we're going to do a season two, but no more. No more. We're done after this. We're giving you season two and we're done. And everybody was like, okay, 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 okay. And they're like, no, 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 we're done. So season two has just come to a close. And again, no spoilers, but the way that they quote and unquote wrapped up the story It's so open-ended. I was like, you can't leave us like this. You can't leave us like this. You can't imply that all of these things could happen, could not happen. These are all the possibilities of where this story could go. And I was like, no, 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 no. You cannot build these characters. Characters like, like Big Mo, a woman who is running a powerful drug organization on the black side of New Orleans. I need more. I need more. You got the mob boss's wife who's running around thinking she's Cersei and shit. You can't just introduce these characters and not tell us what happens. The finale was so well done and it left so many possibilities. Showtime would be foolish, foolish to let this show go. They got like a Wire level hit on their hands. Although The Wire was never really a hit. The Wire is critically acclaimed. It stood the test of time. But I don't think The Wire ever got any major awards, not for the actors, 
not for the creators, not for the writers, like nobody. The Wire never got its just due, although everyone kind of universally agrees it's between The Wire and Breaking Bad is one of the best TV shows ever made. Breaking Bad was good. But I feel like Your Honor has the potential to be right up there with The Wire and Breaking Bad. It's the same actor as Breaking Bad. And as good as he is, and he is great, he's not even the best character on the show. You could have really good arguments about who the best character is in that series. I think it's Big Mo. (sighs) But allegedly, season two, that was the series finale and not the season finale. A couple people told me that when they watched the episode, it said it was season finale. But when I did my Googling, the show has not been picked up for season three. That absolutely can't be because the audience doesn't want it. I'm not a network exec. I don't always understand their decisions. But I was like, the audience wants more. The writers want to do more because they want to be paid. I was like, y'all can't just want to move on to something else already. (sighs) Oh, I watched Swarm. How do I find time to watch all this stuff? Oh, because I stayed up to the middle of the night watching Swarm. It's only seven episodes. Again, no spoilers. I mentioned Swarm or I mentioned a scene from Swarm in the last episode of the podcast. And I don't think I would have had any intention of watching this show. I don't particularly think it was advertised very well. That said, I'm not in the U.S. right now. But like every time I turn on my laptop, I have my VPN on. I get advertisements for a bunch of other shows that are U.S. based. But maybe I'm not the demo for Swarm, so it didn't hit me. I remember talk of Donald Glover is doing a new show and Malia Obama is a writer on Donald Glover's new show. I think that was something that came out six months ago, a year ago. I knew it, but I didn't know the name of the show. But in fairness to me not being marketed to, it's really not the kind of fair that I would typically be interested in. The only reason I paid any attention to it, and this is probably why the scene was in there, is because it dropped on, I guess, Thursday or Friday. And all day Friday, all over social media, everyone and their mom was talking about this sex scene between Damson Idris and Chloe Bailey. And so I mentioned it at the last part of the podcast, and I was like, oh, let me go see what this is about. And allegedly it happens in the first five minutes of the show. So watching the show, the sex scene happens. It's not graphic per se. You can't really see anything except ass. And we done seen Chloe Bailey's ass so many times. It's usually fishnets over it, but we've seen her ass before. I guess her engaged in the sex scene and Damson Idris, probably because of who he's dating and he's very attractive. Like, it was a thing. Like, I saw why people are buzzing about it. Like, it was, it was, it was kind of graphic, even though it was just ass. But it was very, like, it wasn't giving you, like, Love Jones sex scene where we're giving you like, sensuality and romance. And it was very, like, they fucking. I saw all the backlash, which totally expected, over Chloe Bailey showing her ass again. This is what Chloe Bailey does at this point. I think because we grew up watching her from being a, a young woman, like a girl, really. And now she's a full grown adult woman. And she has chosen to present herself as highly sexually charged. Like she loves to drop it and wiggle it and shake it and slap it and put it in your face and hump the air and grab her coochie and all of that stuff. Like that's that's how she wants to present herself. And she consistently does that. Like she does it at award shows. She does it in videos. She does it on red carpets. She's always showing her ass. This is what she's chosen to do. That's brand Chloe Bailey right now. People be like, oh my God, like she's showing her ass again. The again is the important part. I don't really understand why people are outraged. Chloe Bailey shows her ass. 
If Chloe Bailey shows up somewhere to sing something, to do something, whatever, she's going to be barely clothed. And when she sings, she's going to hit all her notes, but she's going to give you that over sexy, breathy, I'm on the verge of an orgasm type sound. That's just what she does. That's who she's chosen to be. We're all clear on this because that's what she does consistently every time she shows up. But people be so mad about it. And I'm just like, it's not even about like, do you like it? Do you not like it? I'm like, why didn't you expect it? It's Chloe Bailey. It's what she does. I watched all of Swarm. I had no idea what I was getting into because I hadn't seen a trailer. So I was like, well, all right. Like, you know, it's Damson and it's, it's Chloe. And once I tuned in, I saw like the lead was Dominique Fishback, who she played. Oh, what does she play? The activist from Chicago. Fred Hampton. She played Fred Hampton's girlfriend in the movie that Blue Blanket won the Oscar for. And she did a really great job. I thought she was a really strong actress. From that, I think after watching this, she's an amazing actress. Like, good God, she's amazing. She has range. She also... I say this about Michael Ealy, too. You know, I love me some Michael Ealy. He got a little crazy in him. To play these crazy characters the way that people do, to play them really well where people are watching you on screen and be like, this motherfucker is creepy as shit. You're pulling all that from somewhere. You're pulling this acting from somewhere inside you. You're going to some deep, dark place inside you. Now, you may have a handle on that place. You may not let it out very often. You may only release it when you have to work. But the crazy is in you. It's in you. I feel that way about Dominique Fishback. I'm not calling her crazy. I'm acknowledging that she's a great actress. I'm also acknowledging that she's pulling that shit from somewhere inside her. Locked door crazy that she unlocks when she does these type of roles. Because that shit was creepy. I watched all seven episodes. At one point, I just had like my hand resting on my face and was just kind of like looking like kind of sideways at the screen, like peeking at it. Because I was like, this is bizarre. The ending... No spoilers, again. But the ending, I was like, wait, what? Malia Obama wrote episode five, which I think is the craziest episode of the series. Malia, are you okay, sis? Did you experience some trauma in the White House? Like, where are you pulling this from? Writers pull a lot of shit from their lives. I mean, even sci-fi people, like, they dream up weird shit. But, like, the core, like, the emotional, like, the, the, the issues that people are confronting, like, you may be dealing with a dragon, but the dragon represents something. Show us on the dragon where you were hurt. Donald Glover, his mind is just just different. And I don't mean different as in bad or, or good. I mean, his mind is just different. I, I didn't know where the hell that show was going. And then when it got to where it went, I was just like, there got to be another episode. They released all the episodes at once. And I was like, so this is like you're going to release seven now? This seven is a weird number for TV shows. It's usually like eight or 10 or 12. Seven is it's an, it's an, literally an odd number. But I was like, Really? Did y'all like release all seven and then like two weeks from now or a month from now, you're going to release episode eight and be like, okay, so this is how it all made sense. Because the ending that they gave, what? Once you watch it, you'll understand because you'll be sitting there too and be like, what? Yeah. What else is on this list? I told y'all I listened to Glue over and over and over and annoyed the hell out of my neighbors. They deserved it. They've been smoking weed and cigarettes and being loud as fuck all weekend. They deserved it. It, It was get back. They deserved it. They'll be all right. I think that's everything for today. I think we're all TV. We talked about Trump. We talked about Usher. We talked about Swarm. Has the Beehive had a backlash to Swarm? Because that whole series is about them. I mean, it's probably like some other crazy fans like mixed in there. But it's clearly a, um, it's not a parody. Parody's not the right word. What's the word I want to use? 
inspired by, it actually says like the beginning of every episode, they were like any coincidences to living persons are completely intentional. It's very obviously about the beehive. Although I saw something from the, um, the creator of the show, it's a black woman. She created it in conjunction with, with Donald Glover. But they asked her, they were like, so clearly this is about the beehive, right? And so she was like, no, it's not about the beehive. It's just about like celebrity culture and this and that and this and that. And I was like, ma'am, stop. This is clearly about the beehive. The woman that the main character is obsessing over is clearly a Beyonce knockoff. Clearly. There's literally bees on hives shown multiple times throughout the series. Stop it. You made a show clowning the beehive. Now they might be clapping back. You might not want to put up with that shit, which completely and totally makes sense to me because they're a fucking lot. But don't pretend it isn't what it is. Just claim it. It's clear. It's obvious. Oh, I've seen the episode of Snowfall that's going to air tomorrow. I usually get episodes for Snowfall anywhere from one to two weeks in advance. And last night around, I don't know, seven o'clock my time. So like noon on the East Coast. I wrote about, one, how FX hadn't sent the screener for the upcoming episode. And I was like, again, usually they give them to us in advance. And it makes me wonder if this is a huge episode where something crazy happens and they want to prevent leaks. So then I wrote about my predictions. And I'm not giving you any spoilers. Trust me. And then I wrote about my predictions for what the episode was going to be. I'm just saying that because I want to be clear that when I wrote that, I had not seen the new episode. FX sent out the new episodes. I think I got it probably at like 11.45 p.m. last night. So four hours after the post went up. I was working on something and I shut down one laptop and opened the other one. The other one has a slightly bigger screen so I could watch the new episode. And like I said, I was working on something. I watched the episode. I sat there with my mouth hanging open all through while the credits ran. And then after that, I just shut my laptop and went to bed. Fan of the sh- if you're a fan of Snowfall, do your best to catch it when it airs on the East Coast. If you're on the West Coast, I would suggest you stay off social media until you can watch it if you don't want spoilers. That's all I can say. Not everything, but enough thing. We'll be back on Friday. If, God willing, I have Wi-Fi. I told y'all I was going to see the animals. I'm going to be in the middle of nowhere. I'm so excited. But I hope they have Wi-Fi. If they have Wi-Fi, we'll have an episode on Friday. All right, bye.